0: One of the things that came to my mind when I was thought about, okay, what do I want people to say at my funeral? It's been teaching that's given me the most sense of meaning or purpose. And partly why I love doing YouTube videos so much is because it's basically teaching at scale. When I think about what my ideal life would look like, and I feel like I'm more or less living my ideal life, it involves doing lots of teaching online and also doing lots of teaching in person. If I can do that while also being a good dad and a good husband and all that kind of cliche stuff then i think that would be a pretty solid way to live what is
1: up you beautiful bastards it is your boy everything bagel aka rabbi can't lose aka noah kagan aka cookie shop i don't know in today's episode i want to bring you one of our most popular episodes ever this is an episode where i talked to one of my good friends popular youtuber doctor all around just solid guy ali Abdal. ali has an amazing youtube channel and insane growth over the last few years and i'm so proud of him and he's just a great person We interviewed him when he had around 700,000 subscribers, and today he's got over 4 million. You can check out his YouTube channel at youtube.com slash abdal A-L-I-A-B-D-A-A-L. I love how Ali thinks about things. I like how he's operating his business. I like all the new tools he tries out, and I like how he's evolved as a creator and as an entrepreneur. I think there's a lot we can all learn and benefit from seeing him in action. In this conversation, you're going to learn three gigantic things. One, the tried and true apps that content creators should be using. two. How to balance work, life, and side hustle. He also started his business as a doctor. He didn't have a family and kids, but that's a pretty impressive thing to do as a full-time doctor. And Ollie's exact process for getting big on YouTube. He gives it away for free. I don't know why he does it, but he does. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Before we dive into the show, y'all know to go subscribe to the newsletter. That's okdork.com. We have an exclusive email each and every week. Go subscribe. We're also launching my book sometime next year. So go to okdork.com and subscribe. Also, if you don't launch your own business, but you just need Noah getting your back, go to okdork.com slash monthly1k. We're reopening our course called Monthly 1K. It's how to make your first thousand bucks a month, especially if you've been wanting to start a business, you've been curious about it, you just need some motivation, some kick in the tuchas, and support, and exact kind of templates of exactly what to do. Check it out, okdork.com slash monthly1k. Also, special pre-show shout-out to the listener, your marketing partner of the Philippines. They left a review saying, amazing show for entrepreneurs, true value-based podcast. Thanks for sharing non-fluff education about business and entrepreneurship, Noah love your episode, the Silicon Valley of India's richest student. Got a lot of fresh insights from personal mindset and business. Give me a whole lot of different perspectives, more power to the show. And look forward to more of your episodes. I look forward to more of making them and you more listening. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I love you and every other one of you gorgeous listeners. If you want a shout out, I'd love to shout you out. I'd love to know that you guys listen to these episodes. I, uh, I got to meet up with Nikki, who's one of the listeners. I want to shout you guys out. Hit me up about these episodes. Let me know that you listen to him at Noah Kagan on Twitter, at Noah Kagan on TikTok or Instagram. I want to shout you out as well. If you leave a review, I check every single one of them.
0: Oh, we should do a chess live stream at some point where we have a chat while we're playing chess. I think um, think um, people
1: want to watch that. Some of the stuff that people want to watch is pretty fascinating, but I'd love to play chess.
0: (laughs) I think that would be great. I've been following you for a long time. Uh, Your podcast was one of my staple listens uh, back in the day before you then gave up with it and I think you've now resurrected it again is that right we've been
1: doing that yeah I think it's always funny with internet world where you meet the people that you've been listening to and you're like yeah I used to
0: like you <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were so great back in you the were day so great you and then you
0: quit and I remember it was always one of my one of my goals in life was to was to get on your podcast when you were like because the thing that I like about uh, about your vibe is that you're very like no bs and if someone's sort of making excuses and just not doing what they should be doing. You just call them out on it. And I was like, one of these days, I want to have one of these chats with Noah where he calls me out on my on my BS.
1: I mean, I did want, before we got on this. What, what other life goals do you have? What other bucket list life goals do you have?
0: Um, so I want to become a Gymshark athlete. It's a, oh, yes, you know, dude. Yeah, that's that's one of them. Uh, I want my book to hit number one on the New York Times, Times bestseller list for whatever that's worth. <laughs> I want to be a concept artist. So I want to be able to illustrate scenes from some of my favorite fantasy books. I want to busk on the London Underground. I want to have my own magic show that I perform in Covent Garden in London and also have my own parlor show. So all of these, you know, making slow slow and steady progress towards, not so much the, uh, I w- I've been trying to get six pack abs for a while. So that's 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 not going too well.
1: Well, a few things. One, everyone in the audience, I'm curious, I love to see the chat. The more that interactive the chat, I always get more excited. I'm curious to see one, your guys bucket list items because maybe we can help with a few of them. I know we're going to give away an iPad today. We are. Ollie, what, which of your, Bucket the size Can we help you with? Is it the six pack abs thing or like the gym shark thing? I feel like those are pretty doable.
0: Yeah. Okay. I feel like the book thing is the is the thing that I, that I actually really care about. I want to write like a really freaking good book, and I also want it to sell well. <laughs> and I'm not sure to what extent those are. <laughs> yeah. Those are those are doable. Yeah. Seems
1: very doable. I think everyone here. I would bet your audience loves you. I love you. Like I'm a huge groupie. The there's one thing I would recommend. Do you have a writing coach or writing tutor?
0: Yeah, I've got a writing coach that I've been working with. Okay, So we've been kind of doing, doing sessions once a week. Do you have Do you have someone in mind?
1: Yeah, well, I'm working on a book as well. It's called uh, Behind the Scenes of Ali Abdaal. I'm documenting, no, I've, I'm doing a book on like million dollar weekends, how to start a weekend business. So okay. there's these people, are you doing your proposal or are you actually working on the book?
0: Uh, s- bit of both. So we've got the deal with Penguin in the UK and now we're just, we're finalizing the proposal to go out to the US and international publishers. And that's like in the last stage of, of, of it happening. And so now I've started working on the actual book itself. What about you? Can I make two suggestions on that? Yes, please. Number one, uh, I'm working with James
1: Clear's book proposal guy. Oh, so nice. Okay. It might be worth talking to him. He's yep. he's amazing. I've cool. been really happy with working on him. Uh, for the audience out there, when you do a book, we get these books and we're like, oh, this is a book, skim a few pages, throw it away. Hmm. Uh, but it's crazy. You The whole process is, I think, as you're going through it, you're noticing it takes like two years, like. You write a proposal, you kiss a bunch of butts, then you write the book, and then you pray that uh, a lot of people uh, read it. So two suggestions. One, I'll introduce a James guy. He's amazing. His name's uh, David Maldivere. Uh, I've been working with him on my book, and I love it. So I'll introduce him. Other thing, though, this is for everyone else out there, especially if you're starting businesses. A lot of your audience is is medical. Medical
0: Medical people, yeah. Um,
1: But this is something I would encourage you to do is create a two-year list. So your book is coming out in two years, most likely. You're going to submit the proposal, write the book, wait for a launch date. So my question to you is, to guarantee the success of your book, who do you need to meet in two years that you can help today? I'll say it one more time. Who do you need help with in two years? Because, like, I'm going to help you. Like, you don't have to worry about that. Like, you have AppSumo and YouTube channel and our email. But who else in two years do you need their help that you can actually now connect with and start? So in two years when you need something, a.k.a. your book launch, Uh, they're going to be your homies. So we, for our book started, we have a two-year list. That's a good way of looking at it. That was from Vanessa Van Edwards. She told me that she's had a successful book launch and that's what she said.
0: Yeah. I recently read uh, Ben Hardy's book, Who Not How, and it's all about like, who can help me with this rather than how can I do this? And I think in the past, I was very focused on how can I do stuff rather than who can help me with stuff. And now I'm starting to kind of move more in the other direction.
1: Oh, that's interesting. How's that changing for you? And people are asking what your book's about.
0: Oh, it's about meaningful productivity. (laughs) which is the title of this live stream, which was something that you you and I were going to chat about. It's mostly been like like for example when I was launching my part-time YouTuber Academy course, initially my my default was like oh my god this is this is like getting bigger than I than I thought like how are we going to handle all of this? then I was like, no, no no who can we bring on board? who can we ask for help with to help with this kind of stuff And then I connected with some people who are into this sort of thing and have got experience and now working with them and it just made the whole process run a lot smoother to actually just ask people for help and say, hey I'm doing this thing. can you help out? People like, yeah, sure.
1: Why are we so embarrassed asking for help? You ever notice that? Like I've noticed for mm-hmm. myself, I, I have a, I do a thing called Council of Wise Men. Oh yeah, what's that? <laughs> so every quarter I invite my 18 best guy friends and we get on a Zoom call. And it's kind of, honestly, I felt a little embarrassed. We had it on Tuesday and I asked for help. So I, this, this Tuesday's was about dating. I was like, here's some of the people I've been dating. Here's what's mm-hmm. going on with dating. How did you, you know, half the group is married, half is not. And we just talked about doubt and choosing partners. Anyways, I think it's, uh, I felt almost embarrassed asking for it. But it's one of these things that I would say probably about 90% of my net worth is because of the people I know. Like 90% of all the money I've ever made is because like, I've been, I've been actively trying to meet interesting people like yourself. And eventually, like I helped them, they helped me and it's worked out uh, to make a really interesting life.
0: Yeah, I always find it embarrassing asking for help, because I always have that feeling of, why would they want to help me slash? What have I offered them in return and and that kind of stuff? And I guess for me as well, it's a sense of well, it's it's just not like like asking someone for help just isn't a default thought process. I, th- I I guess because when I was when I was in school and university and when I was hustling and stuff and for example when I didn't have money, I always thought that okay, well I've I'll just learn how to do this and figure it out myself, and I'll learn how to code this thing and figure it out myself. Whereas now it's more like, okay, well, I mean, I, I probably could do that, but it's so much more efficient to just ask someone for help. And now that I've connected with, with people like you and stuff across across the internet, now it's, it's also more like, it's just also more fun working with other people on stuff. And it feels more like a group effort rather than a, a solo activity.
1: Yeah, I think my two experiences that I, I think about, which is like business building or, you know, your audience, it's so awesome. And yes, they're, they're asking about the giveaway, which we can talk about. I'd say one of them is just, in, I think my word of the year is joy. I don't know if you have a word of the year, if the audience has a word of the year. But two weeks ago, I was just trying to think about how can I get all this joy? I want more joy. Give me, give me, give me. And then I had this kind of epiphany about, well, how am I even giving anyone else joy? Instead of just trying to fucking get all the joy. And I think the same thing goes for meeting people, which is, okay, I want to meet all these cool people who can help me. But it's like, who the hell am I helping? So get off my fucking ass and like help me. We call our community the underdogs. Mm -hmm. You help your community. And I think there's, I know you do that too. So I think that's part one. The other thing that's interesting is I think People want to help more than we think. Like when I was working at Mint.com and as, as we do at Sumo and, and as we do YouTube too, both of us, it's been fun that people want to be a part of the experience. They actually want to help. They want to help you with your abs. Like, does everyone want to see Ali's abs, by the way? Anywho, I think there's just people want to be a part of part of the experience. Uh, and I do think help or meeting and a lot of these things, it's a two-way and I think sometimes in my life, I'm like, oh, it's just kind of, I, th- I used to think more one way.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I always find that, so like, like for example, with this with this YouTuber Academy, we, we, we get hundreds of emails from people asking for scholarships and like, hey, I can't afford it and et cetera, et cetera. And only like of the hundreds of emails we have, we've had only like three people have offered something in return. Uh, like, hey, I know this is a, this is a lot to ask, but here are all the different ways I can help you, and and you you know I can do this, this, and this, and I have already done this, and I know you're looking for someone for that, and here's it, here it, here's a Google Doc to it, and it's those people that it's like it really sticks out in your mind. The damn wow, yeah, of course you can have a scholarship, yeah, we'll let you in for free, basically, yeah, whatever you want.
1: You know, people talk about the one percent and the two percent, and I don't think it's I don't think it's actually privilege. I think there's definitely people have harder times in life, especially from their upbringings. But I think it's that those people are willing to do that much more. Like they're willing to do 1% more than everyone else. Like when we've hired people at AppSumo.com or as we're hiring people, I'm sure you're going through it too. Literally 1% of the people just do a little bit more than everybody else. It's it's actually so easy to have to succeed in life if you just put a little bit more in. But most people are like, eh, I sent an email asking for something free and I didn't get it. So what? Let me move on. But these people that'll do 1% more, like make a presentation, talk to you about it, like make it. It's like, oh, I wonder why they're getting everything they want in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Interesting perspective. And it's like <laughs> what's even worse is the is the people who email asking for something for free and then get annoyed when you don't respond to it. Like messages on Instagram being like, Bro, you're an asshole. I thought you were kind, but you never replied to my email. And I look at the email, it was like three lines asking for asking for a free iPad. And I'm like, Okay, well <laughs> sorry. But we are gonna give away a free iPad. How how's that gonna work?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Well make sure you subscribe to all these channel, make sure you subscribe to my channel. I always, like my biggest thing with giveaways and things like that is I want people to get some benefit for themselves. So I'm trying to think of what someone that's watching in the audience today, or I don't know how long the stream, but maybe the stream will go on for seven days. Uh, What is something from now in seven days that people are going to do for themselves? Maybe it's this year. Maybe it's, I, I guess it'd be like, what are you going to actually do from now until next Friday? And the thing that the comments that we find most interesting will give to the winner. What they can do is after the live stream, they can leave a comment below. And then either you or we'll, I'll, I'll, our team will review them, send you a few, and then we'll choose someone. And then what they have to do is we'll announce it in the community tab, your oh, community tab,
0: yeah, yeah. Have you seen this? The community tab, yeah, so, I, I see that you've been using it quite, quite often. Do you not use it? I use it occasionally. I used to, I used to ask questions, and I, I've, I've, I've not really used it to run title and thumbnail suggestions by people, but
1: well, it's also a cool way, by the way, for if you guys are becoming content creators like Ali, like mm-hmm. myself. The community tab, the reason it's great as a marketing t- tool, tactic kind of thing, is that you have to the people have to get, be subscribed and notified. So it's like, hey, make sure you subscribe and notify, and then those people will generally be able to find more of your videos. So we'll announce the winner next Friday. Uh, who gets the iPad? All you have to do is leave a comment after this live stream below uh, about what you're going to do for yourself. That's it. It could be go yes. for a walk. It could be draw pictures of Ali and Noah. Actually, I would love someone to do that. Uh, whatever it is, do something for yourself. And we'll choose a winner next week in uh, Ali's community tab. Make sure you subscribe to him and subscribe to my show. Yeah, great. What, what's the status of your book right now? So we finished the proposal, and then now it's with an agent. Uh, Seth Godin's agent is looking at it. Uh, if you're curious, I can send it to you. Her feedback was that it wasn't my book proposal wasn't emotional enough.
0: Ah, that was my editor's feedback on mine as well.
1: <laughs> oh, really?
0: As in, if there wasn't... So their feedback for me was that we need more of your personal story, and we need more of, like, the journey... Uh, and less of the scientific evidence type stuff. I don't know, but I, I feel like yours wouldn't have been scientific. Uh, how, what, what, what do you mean yours wasn't emotional enough?
1: Um, so my book is called Million Dollar Weekend. And it's a few of the things that I've talked about and how I created you know, multiple companies that have done well. Uh, so like Law of 100, which we've talked about, which is get to 100 videos, like how to validate your business ideas, why I don't believe you should actually pay for anything to start a business. But it doesn't have a lot of my like failures. Like I slept on couches for a year. I got fired mm-hmm. at Facebook. Like a lot of these different things that helped me get to where I am. And so that's where they wanted me to include a little bit more of the struggles, which I'm happy to share. I just didn't think about it. Uh, yeah. I am curious to the audience, dude, like if everyone in the audience, can you what, did, what would be the title of your guys' books? Like, do you have a, a title of your book, Ali? You said Meaningful Productivity?
0: Uh, the, the working title is The Productivity Equation, which has some connotations, some, some good, some bad. We're not, we're not really sure about it. But it's a, it's, a, it's a working title. It might it might change between now and two years from now. So we'll see.
1: I think one of the, I don't know if you're noticing this, but one of the things I find fascinating is like you do a YouTube video, right? Like, so you, you're you in private, you're at home, you make the video, you put it out, you get 100,000 views. I think what I'm finding fascinating, I'm curious with audiences noticing and experiencing it themselves too. I like that the books take a long time. Like I can't just write the book and get it out today. Like I have to go to a proposal, then I have to write the book, then I have to do editing and then I have to do this promotion. And I like that it's like, I think so much of our lives is like what happened right now, and it's nice to plant some more longer-term seeds.
0: I think with my with my YouTube stuff, it's a very sort of quick turnaround thing, and so I feel like there's there's very limited there's a limited amount of depth to which I can go when when I'm doing this this stuff. It's like I find a video idea, we draft a few bullet points, and then I'm speaking it to the camera the next week. Whereas for the book, it's like oh wow, you know, for the first time since like my university days, uh, I can actually dive deep into a topic and really have this long-term project that can that I really try and make as as good as it can be. I, I I think when it comes to the YouTube stuff, I am still a subscriber to the law of 100 and I you know even the law of 1000 where I still think that I'm I'm not at the stage where I really need to worry about the quality of the videos and it's actually more about putting stuff out there and iterating over time. Whereas for this book it's like it feels like there's one shot and I really want it to be as good yeah. as possible and it's just a different gear of operation.
1: Ali, I've got to uh, I've got to say some of your audience has the fucking hilarious titles of books Uh, I don't know if you've looked at some of these comments, but Um, these people have like the funniest books I've uh, book titles I've ever seen. You have an awesome audience.
0: Life begins at 40. Nice. Uh, Bye bye mortgage. I need an iPad to be a better productivity waste man. Friends or family. It should be. Oh, Drew Hitchcock is here. That's cool. I was thinking of a book like Buy Stonks. (laughs) (laughs) Who not? How is my favorite? Oh, hi, Drew. How's it going? These are
1: damn good, funny book titles. Quit being a waste man, how I negotiate myself out of bed every morning. Oh, that's a good title. Sleep is for the elders. So you've got your two year list. I wrote a like, book marketing 101. So if anyone's out oh, there trying to market like yes. So this this is basically from an interview with Vanessa Van Edward. She's a popular YouTuber. She's had two successful books. And then this is her, these are notes from talking with her about how to do a book launch. But honestly, a lot of her stuff, this stuff is like gold uh, for anyone who's trying to, to publish a book.
0: I think the, the weird thing about a book is that writing the book is only half of the equation like there's a whole other side to it in terms of marketing it and i guess in the past i thought i thought of it as a build it and they will come as i just assumed that that's how books were were sold but there is so much in the realm of marketing <laughs> similar to startups i guess like making a good product is only half the battle
1: yeah i mean i talked with james clear have you have you met james from uh atomic Habits? yeah i chatted to him last week a lot of people know him he's an amazing guy he's one of the bald head crew uh, Ali, that's the first thing you have to do to get your book in the bestseller list. You gotta you gotta go bald.
0: Oh, I'm so, I'm sure it's gonna happen in the next two years.
1: But I talked to James, and a lot of people read his book. It's a very good book. It's still like number ten on Amazon, which is bonkers. Yeah. And when you talk to James, and when I think what sometimes when we see success, like when people watch your channel or they watch Mr. Beast or they see James' book, they're like, "Huh, Ali must wake up, get, put his, you know, get out of his box." Well, I guess you keep your boxers on, put on some clothes, and you get on camera, and. I think the most successful things, they don't realize all the things that go into it. So James, I think he came up with 400 titles before he chose Atomic Happen. And the amount of thought that went into his marketing, he said, I think he went on 250, give or take, podcasts when he launched his book. And then he did a second launch of his book, uh, I think a month and a half later. Okay. That's a lot of marketing that needs to be done. I have notes from him. I can't share the ones I can send you. I can't share publicly. Uh, But I would suggest you talking to James I mean, that it was like a masterclass in book. Nice, but I think for anyone out there that's trying to market anything, that's what I've you know had a lot of experience on. It's more the easiest thing, way to do marketing is pick a goal. So for you, it's probably sell one hundred thousand books, and just work backwards. How do I guarantee I sell one hundred thousand books?
0: Okay, so, so you're approaching that through to your list and to enlisting people to trying to help massage this to be the best book that it can be. I guess.
1: So the way I'm approaching it if we, I'd like to sell a hundred thousand. And so it's two year list is with people, but what other things can I start planting seeds with today? Mm -hmm. So we have a Slack group called the underdogs. And these are people that I'm helping. I'm not, it's not paid. There's no, no mastermind anything. I just help and they help each other. Uh, and in two years, I'm like, Hey, I have a book. I'd really like your help now. And I'm not trying to be like uh, transactional or secretive about it. So that's kind of, that's one of the things I'll send you my proposal you want to hear some of the marketing stuff? Is that helpful for you?
0: Yes, that would be very helpful for me.
1: All right, let me pull it up. And then I'll send you the proposal that includes the, the details of it. Also, I don't know if the audience is writing books, if this is helpful <laughs> for them, or if there's questions. I don't know. I love talking to the. I, I want to talk to you, but I, also, I love talking to the audience.
0: All right, guys. If you guys have any, any questions, put them in the chat uh, and... I always avoid looking at the chat because then people in the chat say, Ali, pay attention to your host and you look to to your guest and you look bored. And I'm like, look, I I, I look bored because my eyes are trying to focus on like different things. And looking straight into the camera lens means I literally cannot see anything else that's happening on the screen.
1: (laughs) You're not alone, Ali. Uh, I don't know. I'd spend the whole time talking to them because I just so it's so damn fun. Well, it's fun as fuck talking to you. So I think there's standard shit that everyone knows for marketing things like YouTube, email list, I think is the biggest one. Mm. I think some of the more creative things that I'm approaching, basically, I think Reddit AMA is kind of one that you should definitely do. So like figure out which Reddit subreddit makes sense for you to be involved with today. Yeah. So you can meet the mods and stuff like that. One idea that I'm working on, and I think this is interesting for you as well as startups. So which startups have customers and audience that you think will matter to your book? And how can you interact with them? Because oh. when the book launches, it's like, Hey, Notion, email all of your people yeah. about this book that i you.
0: Yes, that would be very interesting.
1: So I think the startup angle is something that a lot of people... Like, so for me, I'm going to like Wistia, Teachable, Circle, Buffer, Udemy, Skillshare, companies yeah. that I know the founders or have relationships with, but I think my book is helpful for their audience and then include them in the book itself. Yeah, that's right. Really and then awesome. yeah, I have my two-year list. Uh, you're on it. You're in my book proposal right here. Yeah, Ali Abda. I think one idea that I have is to give away a million dollars. Okay. <laughs> Well, because my book is called Million Dollar Weekend. And I was like, it would be crazy if I gave away a million dollars. It
0: would. Yeah. Giving away a million dollars on launch weekend and people who buy the book or pre-order the book. Oh, my God. Would you uh... guys want
1: that? Yeah, I'm curious that the audience would want a million bucks. So Martin Lee, he's asking a book that changed my life. I would definitely, I know one book that Ali's read as well that has changed my life is Donald Miller's. A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. Did you, That was that life- influencing, inspiring. Uh, yes, definitely.
0: All. Really, really good book.
1: So because of that, I don't know, I don't know if I mentioned, I'm going to bike America starting in April because of that book.
0: Uh, bike is in cycle or motorcycle?
1: Bicycle. So April 1st, I'm going to wow. be in Santa Cruz, California because of this book, Million Miles in a Thousand Years with Donald Miller. He just, he, it's not, a it's a little bit about Christianity, but I'm not religious and I'm not even Christian, but it's just a great story about how to live an interesting life.
0: Yeah. I like that had a big impact on me. I, I kind of realized after reading that book that the life that I was living was quite like non-adventurous. And so I thought mm-hmm. I'd try and, try and do a, a few more adventurous things. And so I planned all this whole like traveling stuff, but then we got stuck in lockdown. And now I'm trying to figure out how can I add adventure to my life day to day? What would make a good story?
1: Well, your story worthy book had a great uh, example of that as well, where it was like, what's the homework for life? I've been thinking about that because I'm reading the book the past few weeks, which mm-hmm. is for everyone out there. What is one story that happened each day? So like yesterday, this was a crazy story. Here in my, I have a secret room right here. I had a date and I did a podcast interview of our second date.
0: You did a podcast interview.
1: So on my date, I was like, hey, can we do a podcast? And I just interviewed, we interviewed each other on on a, I don't know if I'll release it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it was just kind of a wild story where she just like asked me questions and I asked her questions.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: What is the story for you recently?
0: So I actually went, so I was, I was, I was going to ask you about the, about the dating thing. Cause I've been on two zoom dates uh, slash phone call dates, uh, with someone who actually emailed me a few weeks ago. And so we've got our third date, uh, on Sunday. So in two days time, and that's, that's been interesting. Cause like, I've never really done the virtual dating thing before, but now that we're in lockdown, it's like the only thing you can do. And yeah, just trying to find interesting ways of getting to know someone over the phone. Well, I've got a friend called called uh, Hannah Witten, who's like a, a sex and relationships YouTuber uh, in in the UK. And so, oh, so she, she, yeah, she's amazing. You should definitely connect with her. I think you 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 get on. She's got like 600k subs and talks a lot about sex and relationships. And she made a video talking about how one of the the things that that really helped her with her partner now is when they would have dates, they would occasionally pretend like it's a job interview. And as if they're interviewing for the job of being this person's partner. And so that's kind of funny. That's, that's kind of cool. Uh, And so I, I tried a bit of that, (laughs) a bit of that last time and it was just quite fun.
1: Like, what does that mean and how you interact with them?
0: Yeah. So, 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 so for example, so Noah, you're interviewing for the position of my life partner. Um, Oh, what would you say your, your biggest uh, strengths and weaknesses are for the role? Or, you know, oh, like a, a, a job interview style question or, you know, what's an example of a, a, um, of a time when you've helped uh, overcome conflicts by using your interpersonal skills or just like uh, sort of taking a step back, asking a little bit tongue in cheek, but also getting at important questions that otherwise might be embarrassing to ask.
1: Wow. I like that. Can I, can I make a suggestion for you? Please. So I did it last week and it was really fun. Bring on one of your dates to these live streams and let your audience interview them. <laughs> so, wait, so I, you tried that? Uh, no, we did it last <laughs> No, we did it last week and I brought on this date and the audience was amazing. Like you have a great audience and I think it's really fun for them to kind of be experience with that part of your life. And I think the data, you know, they have, I think for both people like me and you who are creators, like we're, we're out there putting ourselves out there. They have to be okay with that. Hmm. And, you know, potentially they don't have to participate, but if they're down with it, it's fun. The audience loved it. They actually, uh, in our Slack group, they're like, did you go on another date? Did you go on another date? I'm seeing if the audience would want it. They don't want it. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. No. Keep that ball
0: rolling.
1: <laughs> that is kind of crazy. It is a little crazy. <laughs> Who asked job interview questions on dates? A guy who's writing a book called Meaningful Productivity. It's, it's, it's got to be done.
0: <laughs> In fact, the very first date, we, sche- we scheduled using a calendar link. I decided that Sundays were going to be my no work meetings <laughs> and focus on dating. And so I created a calendar link for it. And it was, so
1: the women's schedule with you, or did she send you a calendar link?
0: I know I, I sent her a
1: calendar link. <laughs> I, I don't know. We, we created a thing called tidycal.com and we just launched that. I don't, I, I don't know. I think those calendar link things, I generally don't like doing it to friends or people mm-hmm. that I like respect. So, I mean, I do love scheduling though. I like calendar meetings I'm just-
0: uh, Why don't you like doing them with friends? Like I've, I've, I've been doing the calendar thing with friends recently and it's, it's been a game changer.
1: So do you calendar like a sex time? Is there like, hey, I have a 15 minute block on Wednesdays <laughs> so they can come make uh, love?
0: Uh, it's more like I have uh, basically any evening at 9 p.m. my time, I, I can have like a catch up call with a friend. And so I've, I've got like a cute little thing. It's, it says, look, I know I know this is really weird. But I'm trying to be more intentional about keeping touch in touch with friends and I'd love to be friends with you forever. Please let me know if any of these times work for you. If they don't, message me and we can, we can figure something else out. But I think it's it's good as like a default. A lot of my friends are fairly busy. They all run their lives with their calendars. And so being able to book in a Calendly event, I've, I've polled people about it and they were like, yeah, it was a little weird initially. And then I realized, wow, this actually just saves so much time and going back and forth in terms of scheduling.
1: Do you, Are you doing it as like a status thing?
0: Absolutely right. not. No, no. I'm, I'm not about flexing the status of, of my friends. It's more like a, I genuinely want to talk to you, but I know if it's not in the calendar, it's never going to happen. Therefore, this is all my availability. Please, if you're available any of these times, let me know. If not, we'll we'll make something else happen and, and that's fine.
1: I guess it's kind of like the airport. I don't know where it is, you know, how it is in the UK, but if it's someone's coming from the airport, do you pay for their Uber? Do they take the Uber or do you pick them up yourself? And I kind of think that's similar with like, if it's a good mm. friend or someone you actually are interested in, like... Like today, someone's coming into Austin. And I'm like, I was going to just have an Uber pick her up. And I was like, I'm going to pick her up. So I think the calendar thing is fine. I just don't always want to do it if it's someone that I'm like, hey, let's coordinate a time. But yeah. it could be either way. I mean, you're literally productivity, like you're fascinated with that. So I think it's a good experiment.
0: I know what you mean. When it, when it comes to picking up someone from the airport, there is, there is an element of showing that you care by putting in the effort. Yeah. I'm
1: trying to imagine what the woman equivalent of you would be like. Do, do you have like a vision of
0: your wife? Uh, not yet, but is <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Once I meet this girl in real life, is she London or where's she based? Uh, she's in London. Yeah, is she Indian or white? Uh, neither. What? she is? She's is Middle Eastern. Go on. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh I wanna, man, I want to so oh, respect the person. I think,
1: I think the audience is fascinated. I'm fat. You guys want to hear more about Ali's dating? Is it okay if we ask a few more questions? Boy, um, you're more than welcome to ask questions. All right. So I am fascinated. How did someone email you? And then you and then start dating do they email like, hey, here's a picture of me. Like I like can you send me a calendar link? I'm so turned on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh I actually have an email address set up for this. It's uh, marriage at aliabdal.com.
1: No way, that's so smart. And then do they have to email you like a resume?
0: Uh no, they just email me whatever they whatever they feel like. Uh, I, I say in videos occasionally that uh please include a picture because without without a picture, it's like, well, come on. Oh, huh, what it. do you get?
1: That's so fascinating. Tell me more.
0: Yeah, so we've had yeah. Quite a few inbound leads over the last few weeks. Do you, you realize you're calling your future wife a lead. That's just that's strange, my man. Yeah, but you know, we're no in man. a
1: strange time.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm using the business startup terminology for you because I know that you're <laughs> you're into that kind of stuff.
1: Your marketing funnel. My marketing no, funnel so is it's like, women.
0: yeah. I'm bringing these people into the top of the funnel through the YouTube videos, and then the ones who care enough to watch to the point of a niche video where I mention this email address. And the ones who email, I would probably be pretty likely to get on with.
1: Well, no, no. Tell me more. So, who are the people that email? What do they send? And then, like, what is it about this one that that made you reply? I got. I like this idea though. I'm single and, and dating, so I, it's clever. So, what kind of women apply? And then, what? How did this one stand out so far?
0: So, it's basically, it's 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 like all sorts. People from all around the world. People of all different ages, all different backgrounds. Usually, it's like a the way that I describe it. It's like it's semi-joking. Like it could be a joke. It it could be like I'm not I'm not taking this seriously. And so most of the emails have something like, "Hey, so I know this is totally random, and I've never really done anything like this before, but I saw in your video that you had this email address, and I just thought I'd shoot my shot." Like like about thirty percent of people use the phrase, like literally use the phrase, sh- "shoot my shot," and then they they they, they write shoot a little bit about shot. themselves. And
1: all right, hold on. I'm writing that down. Shoot, uh, that's like phrase. The... I like having phrases or words of the day. Shoot my shot.
0: You've got to shoot. So your they shot. shoot their
1: shot. They're trying to slam dunk you, and what besides obviously you know physical attraction? What makes someone stand out to you, like this this Middle Eastern woman?
0: So the main thing isn't is is more like logistics. <laughs> it's it's actually like physical attraction, and are they in the UK? <laughs>
1: you're so weird dude I, I love mean, it you know you're like I don't care about the personality it's uh literally the lo, lo, logistics uh like, <laughs> I can't
0: I can't figure out personality <laughs> over over the uh, over email <laughs> and so if I think they're attractive and the logistics seem to work out then I'm like hey let's let's have a chat all
1: right I am creating an email marriage at okdork.com. if you are logistically anywhere in the world if you're not interested in Ali and you want a a, a Jewish less productive, more older version of Ali, marriage at okdorf.com. Do you mind if I kind of copy your thing for a bit? But by all
0: means, it's a great idea. I've actually got a friend who not only does this through email, he actually has a Google form on his website, where people can apply to date him. And it's, it's, it's interesting. And his, his, his theory is that, look, the sort of people who think this is weird, are not the sort of people I'd be getting on with anyway. And so it's like a fantastic first first pass filter, yeah.
1: Yes. So, dude. uh, So, by the way, women, men, out. I'm more into women, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. There, uh, marriage at okaydoor.com, or hit up Ali, uh, marriage at AliAbdal.com. There was a crazy story. So, I met this guy two weeks ago, uh, Joe Cohen, who did. He paid ten thousand dollars if you would find him a wife. Did you see this article?
0: No, I didn't, but that sounds right up my street. Uh, All right. So
1: his site is selfhack.com. And he has this article where it was $10,000 if you help him find his wife. And because I had this question about a month ago, which was, and this I'm curious your answer and the audience answer. How much would you pay for your soulmate? Like, how much for everyone out there, if you have one, how much are they worth to you to replace? Or if you could find, just pay for it. And not that money is everything, blah, blah. Hmm. But like for you right now, Ali, if I could give you your perfect woman, like how much of that
0: would you pay? I would pay 500K.
1: Yeah, I'd pay all, not all of my money, but I'd like, pay like basically all of my money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 500K, I'll do 499,000. <laughs> no, but I would pay a fuck lot. I mean, to yeah. find someone like a female version of you, uh, I would pay a, a tremendous amount of money. And so I thought it was really fascinating that he was like, well, I'll pay 10 Gs to meet someone. And so I called him to be like, yo, so what happened? Did you find your wife? Really interesting. So his article went viral. He had 50,000 people message him. That was he, he capped that was Facebook friend requests yeah. and messages. And he said it capped out at 50K. It, so some people are saying a dollar. Uh, HMR said $69. That's so coincidence. I don't know why he chose that yeah, number. I'm not so that's, sure. a,
0: that's a oddly specific number.
1: Noah Kagan is a trick. Okay. Yeah. Uh Bitcoin 99.99. Uh, someone would do an app sumo.com LTD. Uh, Dion Bose would do five Euros. Wow, they're calling that this show is clickbait. So we have to talk productivity because we have to give the people what they want. But anyways, the ah, point yeah. moral
0: of the story. This is more interesting. <laughs> Who This is way more. I mean, <laughs> it is productivity it is, finding a wife. Come on, relationship to anything that matters in life.
1: Actually, you're right, man. Well, I'll tell the answer story, but I would say the most important choice you make in your life is your partner. Like, if you want to have the most productivity, choose a better partner. That's something that I was engaged, and she's an amazing person. I just think there's someone better for both of us. And ultimately, like, that is the most productive thing in the world. So with this guy, though, he met 15 of them, and he ended up with no one. So I kind of think it might be on him. But I thought it was just an interesting kind of approach to try the dating thing out.
0: Yeah, that, that, that reminds me of that thing that Tynan was going to do. Wife quest. Um, yeah, the wife quest. I think I've, I've stolen that terminology. I've I've, I've I've started referring to my wife quest as a wife quest. Dude,
1: wife quest is great, man. I'm a, I'm a fan of Tynan was uh, for people that did, he would basically do one bucket list item for you that was not illegal if you refer to wife he ended up I think
0: meeting his wife on tinder yeah so it didn't quite work out but hey <laughs> he's married now it's all good
1: dude I don't by the way Ali I looked up my email and looking at marriage at okdork.com I don't have one
0: not even one email I thought I'd get like one person you've not given them enough time man they've got to you know put together a profile find a, find a picture that sort of thing You said that when you you spoke to your old wise men, uh, they gave you dating advice. What dating advice did they give you? So
1: one of the questions that we talked about, let me pull up, uh, this time I actually created a presentation for it. One of the questions I was was curious for the guys, because half of my best friends are married and half are, are single, was when you met your wife, were you certain on
0: the first date? Oh, that's a great question. I I always wonder this. What do do they say?
1: Half said they were and half said they weren't. I think most of them did not seem that certain. Most of them were like, I was interested, but it wasn't clear right away. What I've noticed, I think the thing I look at is what are the relationships as much as I can? What are the relationships that I admire? And what is it about that I admire about them? And so a few of the advice that they gave me, the ones that I admire the relationships was, this is from Tynan specifically, he actually said, don't waste time. So if you meet someone that's not the right person, cut it off when you immediately know they're not the one. I'd say the second thing for me, and this is kind of from the counsel and a mindset thing for me, is how do I enjoy dating? Because I think sometimes it, I don't know for you, it felt like work. It's like oh, it's like unpaid work. Okay. And what I'm looking for in that is how do I find someone? This is my my like test. How do I find someone that I can go on a walk with? Just go to walk. Just like and I think that that says a lot. But the ones who are married that seem really happy, it it seems like they found an enhancer. So, like, my buddy Adam, my buddy Ian, Marty, John Ross. Like, John Ross said, he's like, his wife is all of his best friends in one. And that just sounded cool. I was like, wow. And you can, like, cuddle? Uh, What do you mean by enhancer? Who are the people in your life, like, your friends that you interact with, like, on a weekly basis that are like, like, wow, it's so much better having them around. And so I think in the same thing with a woman... One, probably I don't know if you should get advice from single people. You probably should get advice from, you know, successfully married or happily married people. But yeah, I think like Neville, people like you, I don't get to talk to you as much, or I don't we don't talk so much, but like Tynan, Neville, a lot of these guys like they make my life like tremendously better. And so it's like who as a woman, the literally the most important choice in my life, uh, is that. So I almost I almost wonder if people should be more selective with that.
0: More selective as in
1: partner selection.
0: To what extent do you slash your friends think it's a case of you know, someone like Alain de Botton would say that it's not really about trying to find the most compatible person for you off the bat. It's actually a lot more about the effort that you're both putting into it. And so you want to find someone who ticks the compatibility boxes, sure. But actually, most of the success of a marriage is comes in the work that goes into it rather than in the pre-existing compatibility. I
1: don't know. I'm still single at 38, so I don't have a great answer. I, I think it, it's interesting to look at relationships like my parents where I wouldn't as a... There's an Indian song called Love Marriage. It's really funny on YouTube. If you've ever seen, it's by an Indian singer. I love it. I wouldn't say my parents were like a relationship I admired, but they have a lot of respect for each other. And so I don't know if that's the kind of relationship I want versus I've seen couples where I'm like, they have the respect and they have the work, they work on it. But they also have like this, like, wow, I have met someone that's just amazing to add in my life. What, one idea or thing I'm curious for you is who would you trust to choose your partner? And then based on that, what is it that they're choosing on and then using that as your criteria? I'll
0: have to talk to my brother.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Why do you trust him?
0: I feel like he kind of knows my vibe because he's he he's probably my main confidant when I when it comes to relationships. And so he knows who I've had crushes on over the years and who I've liked and who I haven't haven't liked. So he probably has the most accurate kind of meter for this.
1: I think the whole point of dating is like
0: everything. Like if you're doing a
1: career, if you're in school, you're trying things out to find out, hey, am I enjoying this? Do I want to do more of it? Uh, I did have an idea to have my counsel uh, interview the woman that I finally end up that I'm interested in. Yeah, and there, I thought that's a it's, you know, fun idea. So either your audience is one of it, but like maybe your brother or someone else, because I don't think they have any motivation besides your best interest. Hmm. So that that's something I've uh, kind of I don't know. It sounds exciting.
0: So wait, so 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 last week, this person that you're that you went on a date on was happy to come on a live stream and just be quizzed by your audience.
1: Was she happy for it? No, but she was game for it. I actually, went on, I went out with her last night. Okay, um, she's the one I did the podcast with. But yeah, she I called her up. And I was like, "Hey, do you mind coming on the show?" So she came on last Friday, and then they asked her like, "What'd you think of Noah? Like, how was the date? Did he try to kiss you?" Like, it was fun. I not, it was. Like, and she I don't,
0: wasn't like embarrassed by that, or like mortified at the thought of being on an online live stream, or, or anything like that. No, no,
1: no, she didn't really even flinch. It was cool. So actually, oh, dude, I got my first email. A guy emailed. He said he's not wifey material but he said he could find me a wife if we give him the
0: iPad. <laughs> well, he's, he's providing value, but I, I but feel like, like he like should, should provide the value up front. He, he should find you the wife first and then and then we'll give him the iPad. I was thinking about this the other day, right? Because what are the important things in life? It's like m- most people would agree it's, it's some combination of health, money, relationships, and happiness. And if you get those four things right, you're, you you've got, you've got a pretty solid life. But then I was thinking like the stuff that I read, the stuff that I listen to podcast wise, the YouTube videos that I watch, They're almost exclusively in the work business type realm. And there are so few things that I read or listen to that are in the health and relationships and happiness type realm. My information diet does not reflect the fact that these things are also priorities in my life. And so I'm trying to actively do more to read and, and listen to people talking about health and relationships and stuff. Because I just think it's an area that I just haven't paid much attention to over the last 26 years.
1: Do you want some books or recommendations uh, on it?
0: Please. I'm actually rereading Models by Mark Manson right now. I think it's great. Mortals. I haven't read that book. Oh, Mortals. dude. It's like the single best book on <laughs> basically everything that I've, that I've ever read. Models? Yeah. What's uh, What do you like about it? So I don't know how much you're, you're familiar with like the pickup artist literature.
1: I've dabbled.
0: Dabbled, I've yeah. Dabbled. Uh, I
1: think there's a lot to gain from it just in... Yeah, psychology and interaction, not disrespect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I consider myself an armchair pickup artist because I've like read all of the, the things purely for academic purposes. I think models is like, it takes a very kind of human approach to it. It's, its tagline is attract women through honesty. And its main thing is actually, it's about being your authentic self. And it's it's about being honest about, about who you are. And yes, to an extent, it's about um, taking care of your health and fitness and making sure your lifestyle is in line with your values and being reasonably well-groomed and stuff, because those are easy fixes. But for the most part, it's actually about authenticity rather than games. And I think a, a big part of the traditional, I want to say, pickup literature is about games and about being alpha and stuff. Whereas Mark Manson stuff is more about being authentic to yourself. And so that really resonates with me.
1: I, I was in therapy a month ago and my therapist was, was drinking Dr. Pepper and I was like, yo, man, who drinks regular full soda anymore? It's like 2021. Like drink, drink diet, Dr. Pepper, at least. And uh, he's like, yo, man, sometimes when you go on dates, you got to show him your edge. I was like, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's an, uh, something there about like, eventually in dating, what I've learned is a lot of us are looking for inconsistencies. We're looking for that moment where Ollie is not who we thought he is, or Noah is different, or the woman or, you know, so mm-hmm. forth. But I, I kind of appreciated his opinion where it's just, look, I'm a therapist and I'm mostly healthy, but once in a while I drink Dr. Pepper. And so I kind of have been experimenting on some of my dates, just being like, Hey, here's some fucking stability things around me, or I could be irrational. I could be impulsive. And it's like, it's kind of like a little weird and uncomfortable to kind of admit that at times, but then it's also like, that's, that's me. And then it kind of, as you said earlier, filters out to people that are, Oh, wow. I like that. Or that's probably not going to work out.
0: Nice. Yeah. That's a lot of the stuff that Mark Manson talks about in in, in this book as well so i read yes. women's books by the way for the dating stuff one of the best ones if
1: you're serious about are you serious about finding a wife yeah so i would recommend maybe uh calling in the one
0: calling in. so
1: calling the one. one is written for women and it's more it's a little bit more of a workbook style book but it's actually it's got a lot of really good practices about finding the one and so a lot of people who've read it i'm warning you it's like you might find your one and within like six weeks calling in the one right buying it on
0: Kindle right now.
1: I'd be curious. Yeah, I'm curious to hear your your take on it. The other thing, I don't want to go deep on this because I think the audience is going to be like, all right, way too far. But I've been trying to read books on how to make love.
0: Oh, okay. Anything, anything you can recommend?
1: I, 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 okay, because like, yes, I know all that. We're not going to go too deep in it because yes. I think they're go like oh, <laughs> too far far. But it's just like I never learned. Mm-hmm. Like we don't learn this. It's not taught in schools. Which book am I reading on it? Let me pull up my book. There's one that's crazy, and then there's actually a guy that's a sex hacker. And I'm talking, this guy is like literally play-by-play, play, very descriptive. So guys, not safe for work, please don't go. His name's Kenneth Play. Uh, he's an Asian dude out of New York. His stuff is wild, but it's like very descriptive on how to make love. So anywho, we don't have to go, but check out Kenneth Play. I wouldn't go to it if you're at work.
0: All right, I will I will recommend it to, to friends of mine who are into this sort of stuff.
1: The other book is called She Comes First.
0: This oh, is like not okay. safe
1: for work stuff, but that book is it's very descriptive. Back to like, they're like. Remember that last time Noah came on and never again.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Angus, uh, my uh, producer, is in the in the chat thinking what's going on. <laughs>
1: this is yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, everyone.
0: Okay, I need to ask you about productivity. Mostly, I don't care about productivity in the sense of like keyboard shortcuts and typing faster and stuff. Although that ah, that, is, that is important. How do you know that you're working on the right things? Like, do you have like a, a compass that you follow, like a north star for your like life? Because I feel like for me, for a big chunk of my life, that North Star was, let me try and make enough money so that my work can be optional. But like, you've ticked that box many, multiple times over. So like, what do you now work towards? What do you like think about if it's not just trying to chase, chase money?
1: I'm curious what's going on for you that makes you think about that.
0: Okay. So for me, it was like, you know, when I read this at the age of 17, I was like, oh my God, this is the dream. And I was, I was getting into, into med school around that time. And every, basically every doctor that I'd speak to, I would ask the question that if you won the lottery, would you still want to do medicine for fun? And oh, it's
1: such a good question. Okay.
0: Yeah, man. And half, half of them would say I would leave immediately. And the other half would say that I would go part-time. And the reason they weren't going part-time straight away was because of money in some capacity. Like they had bills, they had a mortgage, they had kids to put through school, that sort of thing. And so around that time, I discovered the 4 hour Work Week and this idea of passive income and muses and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, all right, cool. So my path is clear. I need to set up multiple store sources of passive income so that I can do medicine for fun. And if I don't like it, then I can leave. But at least I'm not tied into this job that I might not enjoy. And recently I've kind of now ticked that box of, okay, well, work is now optional for me. And I kind of found that, uh, I mean, I can continue to be more productive in terms of churning out more videos and making more courses and doing more blog posts and newsletters and all blah, blah, blah. But what's what's like the actual point of it all? And like, what do I actually what do I find meaningful? What if I find, where do I get my pu- sense of purpose? All these all these sorts of questions that I hadn't really thought about before. And so I've been asking my friends and people that I look up to. And I would say you fit, fit into both camps. Uh, how do you guys how do you approach this question of what do I find meaningful? What do I want to work on?
1: I'm curious the age. So oh, you're 25?
0: I'm 26. Yeah. 26.
1: Audience, how old are you all? I live in Texas, so that's what we say, y'all, down here. We're trying to get my cowboy hat. So when I was 25, my dream was to make $3,000 a month and move abroad to the beaches of Thailand. That was my dream in life. And I started making Facebook games. I don't know if you remember those, but they were super annoying. And they made $3,000 a month, and I moved to Argentina. I actually moved there. And I was like, wow, I'm living the dream that I thought I was going to live, that I wanted to do. And so in Argentina, Tim Ferriss came over to the house that we were living in. I didn't really, I kind of stopped working. I drank a lot of wine, ate a lot of meat, didn't learn how to tango. Uh, I read a book called Mafalda. So if you're from South America, you may have heard of the comic book Mafalda. I remember one day I was on the streets of Buenos Aires and I'm walking around and I'm like looking at the trees and I'm looking at, there's a lot of dog shit on the street there. And I'm just looking at everything. And I'm like, what's the meaning of all of this? What's the purpose? Like, why am I here? What's the purpose of this? And you know, we're floating in fucking space, man. You know, like we're on a planet in space. I don't know if anyone re- realizes that. And I kind of came to this conclusion in that moment at 25 because I was, I was going through a crisis that none of it matters. And the meaning is what we give to any of these different things. And for me, a lot of it is like, well, if I'm going to die, which we don't have to, but maybe we will at least try to have as much fun as possible and as many interesting experiences in this existence. Uh, and that's kind of what I came to the conclusion with. So there's people that find purpose and meaning it, meaning is whatever the fuck you give it. So if maybe some people are librarians and that gives a meaning. I think where I've struggled over literally my twenties, I think in my thirties, I figured it out better is that I think there's a lot of meaning and purpose that we chase. So we think, Oh, when I finally get a job, I'm going to feel meaningful. When I finally buy a house, when I finally get my husband, I'll have the purpose. And I think literally probably starting when COVID hit, it was like, stop looking for the next thing to finally give you that purpose and meaning and just start looking at what you already have and what things you're already doing and find fulfillment in that. And that's, that's really it. I think the, a simple equation, I know you, I liked your, your equation for the doctor question is what purpose, what can I do for free? And that to me led me to my purpose of like, I love creating content. I love starting businesses. I love attention and sharing this stuff on YouTube. And if I can do that all day, plus, you know, we have this AppSumo company that helps entrepreneurs. Like, I think I could. I think it's like, literally, I think I can do this forever. And so find the thing you want to do for free forever and then just do that. So how does that, how did that sit with you? Like, what does that that, that sit with you?
0: Yeah, that mostly ties into what, I, what I've been thinking as well. I think, I think the question of meaning is, it's sort of like, like in two parts. Like number one is how can we find the things that are meaningful to us and keep on doing them? But also how do we find meaning in the things that we're doing? And like for, a lot of people listening to this who may not have the luxury of choosing what to do at any given moment of their life, where maybe you're in school, maybe you're at university, maybe you've got a job that you and you don't have, you know, four hour work week, passive income, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of value in like actively looking for meaning in those things. But I think also like, what I was thinking about is I came across the question what do you want written on your gravestone or what do you want said at your funeral when you're dead? And I was like, okay, let me actually, like, I've, I've seen these sorts of questions before and I haven't really paid much attention to them, but now I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to engage with this. Let's, let's give it a go. And what I landed on for the gravestone thing was that I really wanted my gravestone to say something like he was a good father. He was a great husband and he was an inspirational teacher. And it was that teacher thing that surprised me because. It perfectly resonated with me in that like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm about. But nowhere on that list was anything like he was like a really good doctor who saved a lot of lives, or he was a really good doctor who made a difference a lot of people. Like That just isn't one of the things that, I, that, that, that came to my mind when I, was, when I thought about, okay, what do I want people to say at my funeral? And I realized that basically throughout my whole life, it's been teaching that's given me the most sense of meaning or purpose, and partly why I love doing YouTube videos so much is because it's basically teaching at scale. It's not quite the same as teaching in real life. It's like a different sort of teaching, but I know when I think about what my ideal life would look like, and I feel like I'm more or less living my ideal life apart from the whole COVID thing right now, it involves doing lots of teaching online and also doing lots of teaching in person. And if I can do that while also being a good dad and a good husband and all that kind of cliche stuff, (laughs) then I think that would be a, a pretty solid pretty solid way to live. That was beautiful, man. Thank you.
1: Here's for the, the audience. If you guys feel, you know, I don't know about you. I think I was always jealous in college when that person was like, I know my major's going to be English. And then I want to go work for like a publishing company. I'm like, how did you know this purpose? How did you find it? And the same with life purpose, like you mean these people and they're like, my mission in life is this. I'm like, where did you get that? The, you know, some observations that I've noticed is like, what are patterns? So I'm guessing you've been teaching for a long time. I've been promoting for a long time and i love promoting it's just like that's my default like enjoyment um the two things that i would say maybe for the audience that might be helpful as well that i've noticed for myself is do i feel aligned or not aligned and i know woo woo people say this like you got to feel alignment i'm like what are you talking about what i mean there is that we're, if you're you no know, if you have a lot of money or if you don't have a lot of money are you doing things that are aligned with what you really want to be doing and you kind of i think all of us just know inside how we feel so like for example i was working on the product called sumo.com, it's our email collection software, email pop-up software. I honestly, for three years, didn't really like doing it. I was like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it just never felt great. And then I started doing the YouTube stuff and I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this every day. And there was no question. There was no like friction with it. So I think the alignment is just like this interesting like barometer internally. And the second thing to your uh, tombstone question is about uh, last year, maybe six months ago, I, I did my will. I did a will. And that was the first time I realized I was probably going to die, and it was also a really cool way to think about like, oh, it's also a good time to start living. So I, I don't know, maybe something for people to think about. As you know, to do my will, I was like, oh, I'm going to give this person money, or I'm going to do this thing, and I was like, well, how do I just do all these things while I'm alive?
0: Yeah, one one other thing I found, I found helpful is I've never really been one for like long term planning. I've got a productivity coach called Chris Parks. I don't know if you know. Yeah, he's he's been working with me one to one to try and improve my performance and things like that and in our very first session we asked well, one of the questions he asked me was what does your life well what does your life look like 25 years from now and I just never ever considered such a long time scale question be like damn well I'm, I'm I'll be like 51 at that point okay well I don't know <laughs> but and then initially I, d- I didn't want to take it seriously because it just gave me a level of anxiety to be like, I'm I'm not going to think that that long term. But then I was thinking, okay, let's actually engage with this. Let's actually think about it. What do I want my life to to look like 25 years from now? Well, you know, by that point, I'd like to have kids, maybe even grandkids on the way, something like that. I'd like to spend a lot of my time hanging out with the people that I love, like friends and family and stuff. I'd like to continue doing sports. I really enjoy playing squash tennis and badminton. And so if I can keep those up, that would be cool. That means I want to be in, you know good enough physical health that I can play these sports without it completely killing me I'd like to spend a lot of time doing reading reading writing drawing you know creating type stuff and maybe continuing to make videos if, if videos are still a thing and I was thinking that you know if I'm if I'm 51 maybe working in the hospital one or two days a week would be quite fun and and definitely I'd want to be doing some kind of medical school teaching I think kind of teaching medical students is, is always really fun and I want to be able to do that in real life and what he said is that well it sounds like your life is pretty close to that, like already. And that was an interesting realization for me, because it was like, you know, just, just been working on a video about this. Uh, Tim Ferriss talks a lot about like setting really ambitious goals and, you know, having your audacious like dream line and all that, all this kind of stuff. But I think I'm more in line with like Derek Sivers, uh, Alain de Paton kind of approach, which is that, eh, well, you don't really need to have huge dreams or huge ambitions. You can just have this sort of, lifestyle where you're kind of doing the things that you like and hanging out with the people that you like and that's that's pretty good and so what i try and remember is that you know s- similar to the parable of the Mexican fisherman like how do i how do i get my days to look to look how, how, how do i enjoy each day on its own merit rather than thinking of my days as being a stepping stone towards something bigger I don't know if any of that makes sense
1: no i mean I, I feel you i feel you i definitely think there's this uh idea like tomorrow and the next thing is going to be fulfilling and give purpose and give meaning when it Pretty much is just today. And so I think I, I think what I dream for everyone out there, I know for myself, for you, is how can you spend more of your day and your week just really in the spaces that you want to be doing? Like if you're excited to be studying, if you're excited to be doing stonks, if you're excited to be a YouTuber, I think that's probably one of my purposes here on this planet is to help people get the fuck out of like, hey, you don't like that kind of job. You don't want to work at that company. You don't want to run? like, all right, let's go find some place that you do want to do it. It goes quick. It goes fucking quick, man. I think about the people like Kobe Bryant, some of these people that are like, I did crazy shit. And then guess what? You still die. And then there's this crazy reality that I think about really often, which is no matter how important you are, your stuff won't matter in a hundred years anyways. So just go live. (laughs) Like, no offense, like Elon Musk, hundred years. Okay. 200 years, fucking forgotten. Zuckerberg, 50 years, fucking forgotten. But uh, we're like, oh, they've done so much crazy stuff. And it kind of makes us feel insignificant about ourselves, but it's all insignificant. And that's almost beautiful. Because that kind of says, well, fuck it then. Just go live and do the things that you're really excited about without having to compare, like, I'm not going to Mars. unless, like, Because honestly, I'm an Earth fan. I want to stay on Earth. Fuck Mars. Elon can go. So I think for all of us out there, just find the things that truly like are calling you. And I, I think doing them without apology, that shit's hard, man. Just because of our parents, our friends, society, and shit like that. And I think that will lead to the fulfillment. That'll lead to the purpose. And honest satisfaction.
0: Yeah, so it's this sort of stuff that I've been thinking about trying to trying to write about in this book, this book proposal, trying to get it, get my thoughts clear on it. And I've just been trying to have as many conversations as I can just to get other people's perspective on this.
1: Do you think your yeah. productivity is in, increased? It's not increased, but I wonder if your productivity is more, I don't know what the word is, but you're actually doing the productivity thing you want to be doing, which is the content creation, not the direct medical stuff.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure the content creation is the productivity thing I want to be doing. As of yesterday, I actually signed up to do extra shifts at like the hospital, and going go, going back into medicine and like in like a part time capacity, partly because I think like I've now not been a doctor for about six months since, since since like August, and I feel like I'm I'm kind of getting into a bit of a you know it sounds a bit woo woo but like a creative rut almost, where day in day out every day looks the same because I'm just waking up, sitting on the computer, maybe going for a walk, and then back on the computer and then sleep, and lockdown it really isn't isn't helping with that, and so I I, I was thinking that. One thing I like about like the Tim Ferriss approach is that it's all about ex- exper experimentation and like you know if you have a theory about something then test it and see what it's like. And my theory for an ideal life is that it would be cool to work as a doctor two days a week. And so, what I'm now doing is I've signed up to be a doctor two days a week, and I'm going to see like is this actually making a an interesting difference to my life? And I suspect it probably will because I feel like when I was working full time and I was doing this YouTube thing in the evenings, I was putting out three videos a week. Now, all I'm doing is putting is doing YouTube and this internet entrepreneur stuff. And we're still putting out like two or three videos a week, like our actual output hasn't really changed very much. and I think it's just another thing of, of Parkinson's law. And back in the day, when when YouTube was the thing I did for fun, I'd be like coming home and I'd be excited to film a video. Now it's more like, oh, I've got to film a video. That's work. Is it, is it becoming exactly. work? It's becoming work. Yeah. And
1: just one, one thought. And yeah. I don't, look, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. 99% of the time. 1% I'm right. And it's pretty damn great. I wonder, just as a thought, is going back to the doctor's thing actually fixing the problem?
0: So the problem is that the YouTube thing feels like work. It feels like work some of the time. I don't think the doctor thing will fix that problem. I think what, what, what fixes that problem is actually being more excited about the stuff that I create. Like, I'm quite excited about the videos that, that are coming out next week and, and the week after, but I wasn't particularly excited about some of the videos that I've done this month so far, for example. And so maybe having excitement is more, more of a bar then yeah cuz i i think i think for like for the last few weeks part, partly inspired by that conversation that you and i had on our members community thing try, trying to think about okay how do we how do we get each video to be a banger and i think that that type of thinking wasn't good for my like emotional state because <laughs> now i'm like oh, you oh, know yeah, sorry don't yeah. talk to me sure. <laughs> and so it was good to try that experiment to be like let's try and make every video a banger but i think actually for me overall even if some videos aren't bangers and but it's it's something that I I'm interested in, in creating, I think that is healthier and better and hey, the channel's doing all right anyway, so it's not like I need every video to be a banger. That's sort of what I'm what I'm leaning towards. So like for example, I was gonna do a video about this, I was gonna film it later today, but then I was thinking, uh, I'm not really feeling it. And I thought, screw it. I'll just do it next week instead, or I won't, I won't even do it at all. I'll I'll, I'll I'll do it at some point. We've got the video written out and I know what I want to say about it, but I just genuinely couldn't be bothered to film it. I was would much rather have done this live stream and just have a chat with people. So I'm I'm trying to be a bit more in tune with, I'll just kind of do whatever I feel like.
1: I think there's a part, there's many pieces there to, to discuss. I think what, it is challenging. Like a professional is doing, is a person who does the thing when they don't want to do it. A hobbyist at the end of the day is someone who like comes and puts a video out or some videos out and. It's not fun to give up. And you're a professional. One thing I want the audience to do, yo, there's like thousands of you guys there. You're all amazing. Michael, Will. Can we give Ali some love? Because sometimes it's like, holy shit. Like, you put out a video, it gets views, you get comments. But like, can you guys say how Ali's impacted your life or how much you guys fucking love Ali? Because uh, these people, like they love you, man. And sometimes it's nice to get a little, like, you know, a little energy boost, a little uh, a love from them.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Um, too.
1: Let, let, let's see. Crickets. We are doing. So, by the way, leave a comment. Uh, after this live stream, something you're doing for yourself. We're going to give someone an iPad within uh, next Friday. So just leave a comment after the live stream is over. Holy shit, there's a lot of emojis. God damn it, Ali. This is fucking cool. Ali is inspiring. That's
0: so nice of you guys. Thank you.
1: Uh, Ali's my one of my top, top two favorite YouTubers, Noah Kagan, Ali Abdaal. Exactly. In that order. <laughs> uh, Ali Abdaal, Noah Kagan, Noah Kagan, Ali Abdaal. If I had a son, I'd want him to be you. I'd want him to come out full Indian. And I'd be like, you cheated on me, wife but I'd be okay with it. I'm not actually Indian. <laughs> Are you Pakistani? Yeah. Oh, Pakistani, fine. It's all, I haven't come it's out it's all,
0: it's all the same thing anyway.
1: It is different. No, it's different. So actually the first developer of Sumo, Pakistani.
0: Nice.
1: I think what's interesting here, Ali, two things. One, I think every one of us has more love and support than we realize from random strangers on the internet to your very close friends and family. So it's maybe sometimes, ah, it's nice to feel that. It's nice to, it's really nice to feel that. I feel it for you, man. Bridget over 7C, she says, you look, well, look bored. Uh, Jenny says, love from India. There's some shout outs from Pakistan. The Dalai Lama wrote a book, really interesting one called The Art of Happiness. And I think one of the things he talks about in the book, I think it was him. It was just, it's kind of hard to receive compliments. And he says, just like, he's like, just take them in. He said other things, but that was definitely uh, relating to this. What I was going to say to you is in terms of the, we were talking about bangers and being professional and making the content that yeah. you know the, the audience wants and you want to, you know, I I think you can be still at 10 million. I think there's a thread. You're like, I don't, so my friend Andrew Chen, he's a very popular guy. He's one of my favorite, favorite people on earth. Check his blog out, andrewchen.co for Silicon Valley stuff. I'm concerned with you in a little bit, or my suggestion is be aware of your pendulum. So you were like, hey, I make, I do all the videos I want, whatever I want. And then Noah's like, go do bangers, Ali, go do bangers. And then you swing to banger level and you're like, well, fuck YouTube. I'm going to go be a doctor again and make $4 an hour. And then now you're like, all right, so be aware of your pendulum. I don't think you have to swing back to like, now I'm going to be a doctor and only do fun videos. I think there's somewhere in the middle where, hey, what are videos I'm actually excited to make that also can potentially help, you know, they'll help the audience and reach new people. So be aware of your pendulum. So... For me, with our channel, if you guys subscribe to the new is any of you guys subscribe to my channel? Just curious. In the comments, let me know if you guys subscribe. I noticed that there's these videos that I was doing that felt like work. It was like, how to start a business, here's a thing. Just go, and it felt like a job. And yes, mm-hmm. the, you know, there are times like that, but then really just put more thought into like, what am I excited to make that also has it, has like a large audience reach. And it's been fun. Like now I miss making videos. Like if I didn't make a video in the day, I'm like, oh man, I gotta go I wish I could do a video today.
0: So I think there's there's a there's a middle ground. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. There there yeah. is there there is a balance to be struck about this sort of stuff. Which are the videos so a lot of the videos you put out recently you didn't really enjoy making? Um there were a few there, there were a few I enjoyed making which didn't perform very well, and the ones that I didn't enjoy making performed quite well. Uh and so like I think mostly mostly it's in my head. Like I think a lot of the ugh is like before I start filming, but once I'm filming it, I'm getting into the swing of it, then it's actually quite fun because I just love hearing the sound of my own voice. So I think it's, I've, I've also been taking this course on public speaking recently, which is encouraging me to speak a bit slower and to lean more into silences and lean more into my feelings. And that's made speaking more fun. So it's just, I'm just, just trying to find ways of making this thing that I've been doing for so long feel more, more enjoyable.
1: You've been doing it four years?
0: Yeah, three, three and a bit, three and a half.
1: Can I make two observations? Of course, please. One, I I you're so fucking inspiring because I think a lot of the audience wants to be like you. And I don't know if you guys picked up it on it. He's like, I have a public I'm taking a public speaking course. I've read reading this book. I have this coach. I think a lot of people, including myself, assume you get to this level of success, you get to this level of popularity, and then you just stop. And I think it's really inspiring to hear you for myself, you're like still learning. You're like, I'm still learning. I still want to read a new book. I'm still wanna improve my relationships. i still wanna improve my dating. I want to improve my speaking. I think I think about that sometimes in life. I'm like, oh, once I find my wife, it's all over. Like I can stop. And uh, it's inspiring. It just keeps going, man. Uh, from a learning perspective. The other thing I, I heard, you said you made some videos that, that did really well, but during the video, you necessarily didn't like recording it. But do you feel better now that the video is popular? No, oh, hell yeah. I, I guess yeah that I like, <laughs> I'm sorry so, about this video taking. Well. Like we made, I made a video about Logan Paul on our channel. It's about how he makes over 20 million a year. And I felt I was tired. And I remember it was in the studio and I was like, Logan Paul, he's fucking rich. I don't really follow his channel. I'm personally not that interested in him. I'm more interested in in people like yourself. I just am more interested in like productivity and tech and software stuff. And now the video is popping off and I'm like, oh, you know what? I love that video. I love Logan Paul. Not not fake. I'm not fake being like, I love Logan Paul now, but like now that it's doing well, I'm not as, uh, you know, the work itself wasn't so bad in retrospect. Success is fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's like the two types of enjoyment. There's the, when you're actually doing the thing, it's really fun. So there's a blog, a blog post I read that talks about this. It's like type one versus type two fun. And like type one fun Ooh, is the sort of fun you have when you're playing a game of squash or you're playing board games with your friends, or you're doing something that's like very intrinsically enjoyable. Whereas type two fun is the sort of fun that you have when you're running a marathon or going on a long hike, that's quite hard. And you're sort of, you're kind of like not having a great time. And objectively, if you were to pull yourself in the middle of it, you'd be like, is this fun? You'd probably be like, uh, not really. But at the end of it, you're like, oh, actually, I'm really glad I did that. That was a lot of fun. It's like a different sort of fun. And so some videos that I film, like I'm I'm, I'm just now kind of thinking about this. Some videos that I film feel very type, like this feels very type one because we're just off the cuff, we're having a chat, this is great. But some videos I, f- I film feel more like type two, where it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it, but I'm a professional, so I'm going to do it anyway. And then I'm always glad that I've done it at the end. It's like, oh, this video is doing well.
1: I think that's a really good reminder. It's like every time you work out, I, you never have a workout afterwards where you're like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do it. Um, all right, you want to do audience questions? Yeah. Man, your audience is so cool. I love these people. This, I, I can't believe we get to do this, our profession. I hope everyone out there gets to have the same profession that they love. Oh, here's a good question. What's your biggest regret in life from Ben Stein? I have different ones. I hate. There's always also the people that are like, oh, I live life with no regrets. I'm like, well, you're not really living if you have none. Some of the ones that come to mind, like I I had a chance to see Mitch Hedberg, the comedian at at Berkeley, and he died. So I had a chance to see him. I didn't go, and then he died, and I I regret that. There's a house. This is fucking annoying. The house across the street from where I live, I tried to get a deal on it and someone outbid me and I didn't get it. And I ended up buying across the house across the street. So literally every day I wake up and then I go out, when I go outside and leave my house, I see the house I'm, I'm supposed to, not supposed to, but I uh, didn't get. And so I had about two years of regret there. I regret not, you know, Facebook firing my ass. I don't know if I regret that. I would have liked the millions of dollars, like hundreds of millions. And then there was one woman in college who cheated on me, but I don't know if that's a regret. I wish she didn't cheat on me. Do you have a regret? What, what regret comes to mind for you?
0: One is that I wish I'd taken journaling more seriously when I was younger. Uh, and like, you know, documenting, photographing, taking photos of me and my friends when we were like 11. I just wish I'd done more of that or even kind of written about all my thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings at the time. That those I, I started doing it properly a few years ago and those are so interesting to look back on even now. The, the other category of regret is always when... If I've accidentally or on purpose been mean to someone, I always regret it for years afterwards. You
1: can fix, I mean, you yeah. could fix that, dude. You literally just call them. Oh, yeah. I often, I often have
0: <laughs> I sent them a message being like, I'm really You don't sorry. seem like you would do mean yeah. things. I can't, honestly, I can't see you doing a mean thing. I feel like last time I I, I, did, I did something where that I, I I, genuinely regretted was like ages ago. And then I sent them a message being like, I'm really sorry. Uh, and they were like, it's all good.
1: I guess one regret that I, I've heard from a lot of people, I kind of wish I would have stuck with YouTube years ago. And I think that's a common thing for a lot of the, you know, I'm sure the audience too, which is like you started journaling or you started YouTube or you started drawing or you started something, and if you just would have stayed with it, like how much further you'd be ahead uh, right now or in the next ten years?
0: Yeah, that that thing comes to mind, which is the best time to plant a tree was ten years ago. The second best time is now. So anyone listening to this, if you're thinking of starting a YouTube channel or a blog or a newsletter at uh, yes. sendfox.com, it's it's very easy to think, oh my god, it's all so saturated. But like, no, it's just the know, beginning. It's just the beginning. man.
1: The other thing I regret, I think sometimes I regret how much I think about money. I, you know, you, mm. you see all these articles about people that are like on oh, my deathbed, like on your deathbed, you're not thinking about your real estate portfolio or your stonks or like, oh, I should have, you know, bought more Facebook ads. I think it's interesting to think about on our deathbed, We're probably thinking about our relationships and the memories of the people we've interacted mm. with. And so definitely think that I've consumed more time thinking about money than I probably would like. And I, I try to be more mindful of that uh, moving forward. Nice.
0: Uh, we've got a question from Car- Carol, which is recommended first step to learn how to journal. So the way that I do it, I actually, uh, no. I do something called morning pages these days, which is great. It's basically in the morning, you just write down. The idea is it's, it's supposed to be three pages by hand. Uh, I type it out because then I can, well, put it into different apps and keep, keep track of it. But I always start with the phrase, today is going to be the best day ever because dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and I find that once I type, today's gonna to be the best day ever because I just start writing sense. and it's nice. Otherwise, when I'm looking at a blank page and I don't have a prompt, I'm like, uh, what do I write about? But today's gonna to be the best day ever because I'm having a chat with Noah late today and I've got the session with Sean and I'm gonna have a call here and I'm gonna go for a walk while talking to Angus and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be this and that. So it's, it's it's nice, yeah.
1: I don't have a good answer for that one. The only thing I do that I, I, I find helpful is a month in review. So for the past four years, at the end of every month or the first day of the next month, I, do, I look at all my photos and then I just cat- and I have categories like relationships, relationships work, blah blah blah. And I just kind of do a life and review each month, and I send it to some friends, and they send me theirs. And I've actually found that to be a really fun way to journal my life. What sort of what sort of
0: categories do you write about?
1: What did I say last month I would do, and did I do it? So, like last month, I said I'd be super nice to myself, and I did it. I said I'd go on two dates. I did it. I said I'd go bikepacking, packing, uh, which I did. So, what did I say I'd do last month, and then? um Other categories that I write about are my work, relationships, travel, family, and then miscellaneous, and then forward. So what are the things for January that I'm looking forward to? And this has been kind of like, I I think what you said that I really like and I resonate
0: with is like, maybe give myself prompts or this template, you know, kind of makes it easier to do that journaling. Sweet. All right. Should we go for one more question? And then, oh, here's one for you. Which side hustle option would you recommend to teenagers?
1: There's two side hustles. You can start literally today. You don't have to spend zero dollars whatsoever. One is YouTube. You could literally use your phone. Like if you're on the computer right now, you have a camera here. You can start talking about different things you're interested. You could interview people. You could go film other people today. And in 10 years, as long as you stay consistent with it, you do like you know one video a week at least, you will have some type of business, if not a lot sooner. The second business that everyone can start, no matter where you're in the world, if you're in a third world country or a fifth world country or you're on Mars, you can sell things online. So Facebook Marketplace, eBay, Amazon, Nextdoor, Etsy, whatever it is, they're free and they have customers. So you're like, well, no, if I'm 15, I don't have any things to sell. I got you. Go ask your parents. Go ask your parents' friends. Go ask your friends' friends. Be like, give me, give them a box and say, hey, put everything you want me to sell and I will sell it for you online. And that is the easiest, quickest way that you can start any business today. Most people will drag ass. So give yourself the weekend to make $100. And I promise you, if you limit yourself, you'll start doing it and you'll find things out like, hey, this was hard. Maybe I need to create software or I'm selling a lot of shoes or bottles or sodas. Maybe I can do more in that category. Uh, and just getting taking action will lead to something. Ali, what are you grateful for today, by the way?
0: What am I grateful for? I'm grateful that the weather was nice. I went for a walk while having a phone call with one of my team members, Angus, which was great. Uh, I'm grateful for this chat that we've been able to have and the, the books that you've recommended, Calling in the One, Kenneth Play, She Comes First in the Art of Happiness. And yeah, grateful that... I am healthy enough and sufficiently <laughs> enjoying life enough to to have a good time.
1: There's one more book I'll throw out there. I love yeah. these women's books. One, this is from my, my aunt's uh, a therapist. It's called Women Who Love Too Much. It's wild. Um, <laughs> no, I'm grateful for you, man. I think you, having you in the world is so cool. And the fact that I've gotten to interact with you. Yeah, I feel very lucky for that. Oh, thank you. The feeling is mutual. That is a wrap. Hope you love the episode as much as we did making it for you. Give Ollie some love at YouTube. That's youtube.com slash Ali Abdal. A-L-I-A-B-D-A-A-L. Next text a friend you love them. Yo, dog. Let's go surfing together. And before you go, again, let me know what you think about these episodes. I love hearing from you. I want to make sure I can make this episode fun and actionable for your business journey at Noah Kagan on Twitter and everywhere else. Also, remember to go subscribe to our YouTube channel or TikTok, youtube.com. At Noah Kagan or TikTok.com at Noah Kagan. You can also slide in my DMs. I respond to every single one of them as long as it's not like, yo man, can you just give me money? Which oh I will do. So actually ask me that question. Finally, a couple shout outs to the amazing team. Thank you to Jason at podcasttech.com for making the episode sound so damn good versus the original versions. Thank you to Jeremy, George, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, Jen, Sylvie, and Tommy. Damn, it's cool to work with y'all for all the magic you do. And finally, shout out to Olo. And the AppSumo team, we're really improving customer trust and partner trust and a lot of movement that we're doing on that. Because we want to make people over at AppSumo, our customers, the Sumo links, happy. We love y'all and the partners that we get to promote. Have a peppy day. What's your favorite pizza toppings? Honestly, I'm like a mushroom pepperoni guy. I love Domino's.